Welcome. This is the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast for the 23rd of November 2022. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is made possible by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at ffbt.com to learn more. Coming up, the latest Indiana farm news today, including the Indiana poultry producers recognized at the Indiana State House yesterday, and why a national rail strike or lockdown could still happen in December. Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with those stories. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with more very nice weather. And Arlen Suderman market analysis after another day of markets selling off yesterday. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. And it's always like clean oil because most of my stuff leaks. Yes. (laughs) To agriculture. We go from the cute and cuddly phase to the not so cute and cuddly phase. You can cuddle with them at 290 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably against your will, I'm guessing. And, well, other things. He calls them all variable costs. That's bull. (laughs) <laughs> I think you meant to say that's <laughs> fertilizer, right? Staying on topic. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Indiana poultry producers recognized at the state house, and what's holding up a final agreement on the rail situation? I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. If you have chest pains, you go to the heart doctor, right? Your mental health shouldn't be treated any differently. Talk to someone today about your mental health struggles. Visit extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress. Indiana poultry producers were recognized Tuesday at the State House for their generosity toward fellow Hoosiers this past year. Organized by the Indiana State Poultry Association, this ceremony is an annual tradition dating back to the late 1940s. Bruce Kettler, director of the Indiana State Department of Agriculture, spoke with Hat following the ceremony. Indiana State Poultry Association has been very, very generous. Today we had four tables worth of poultry products from eggs to duck to turkey and all kinds of uh, you know ground turkey, various forms of those products. Those items on display at the recognition event were donated to Food Finders Food Bank in Lafayette, but Indiana poultry farmers have donated nearly 200,000 pounds of poultry products over the past year to Hoosiers in need. The strength of Indiana's poultry sector was also recognized during the ceremony. The industry contributes more than $15 billion in total economic activity to the state and employs more than 12,000. We're number one in duck production in Indiana, and I would say basic far and away, number one state of Indiana in duck production. Uh, We're number two in eggs, uh, number four in turkeys. So when you start looking at our footprint nationally, and put it all together, it's really big. And Kettler also recognized corn and soybean growers for contributing to the state's successful livestock sectors. We hear a lot and talk a lot about uh, exports of those commodities to other uh, countries maybe or wherever, but but animal livestock feed is so, so critical. And again, I think it says a lot about uh, about 
our corn and soybean producers and the quality and the quantities that they raise that we can have these livestock sectors that are really, really strong in the state of Indiana. Kettler told Hat that while farmers do get recognized this time of year for their giving, he knows it's happening year-round, and he's very thankful for Indiana's farmers this Thanksgiving and every other day. For a brief time, we thought the possibility of a rail strike was over. But that possibility is now back as it could still take place in December. C.J. Miller reports now on what's holding up a final agreement. There is the potential of a railroad strike as early as Friday, December 9th. And that's Mike Steenhook, executive director of the Soy Transportation Coalition. He says of the 12 labor unions representing rail workers, four of them have rejected the work agreement that was tentatively made back in September. The problem is, if even if one of them votes against it, then all 12 of the unions and the members will not cross the picket lines and they will all in solidarity adhere to what could be a railroad strike. Steenhook says agreeing on a wage increase percentage for union workers is only part of the holdup. What really a lot of the frustration among the railroad worker unions is about sick time and paid time off, particularly engineers and conductors who have to be deployed far away from home so that if they do become sick, then it becomes more of a challenge when you're operating away from home. Ultimately, Steenhook says the rail owners and the unions must work out an agreement, not just for the sake of the ag economy, but the American economy. We're not taking a side on this. We want to see an agreement that benefits both railroad workers and the railroads. I anticipate it won't be perfect for either side, but something that both sides can certainly live with because we cannot have a railroad strike or even a slowdown, a lockout. It's particularly a bad time when we're in the midst of our export season for soybeans. In addition to that, we're having challenges with our inland waterway system, truck driver shortages. So we're clearly encouraging both parties to come to agreement. And if they're not able to do that, we're asking for Congress and the administration to intervene to prevent that. Otherwise, a rail strike or a lockout could cost the U.S. economy more than $2 billion a day. I'm C.J. Miller. More farm news anytime at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today. Indiana's Farm Network. Have you ever considered a career in agriculture? There are dozens of agribusinesses that have opportunities to work in this exciting field. These are high-paying positions with on-the-job training and advancement. On December 15th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, these companies will be on hand for the Indiana Ag Career Fair. Come talk with these organizations. Then walk the show floor of the Indiana Farm Equipment and Technology Expo and experience the world of agribusiness. December 15th at Grand Park in Westfield. More details at Indiana farmexpo.com. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here, this day before Thanksgiving, weather looks pretty doggone nice. We're well above normal temperatures. I wish this could continue for a while. I know it can't. And we're going to be looking at a fairly warm start to Thanksgiving as well. Honestly, we make it through most of Thanksgiving with good warmth here. Above normal temperatures, clouds increasing late afternoon and evening. Moisture starts to push into central and southern Indiana probably just before midnight. And then we continue to see moisture move through overnight Thanksgiving night into early Friday morning. A few hundreds to a few tenths. That is all. Coverage around 40% of the Hoosier State. We're back to sunny, dry, and pleasant weather for Friday midday, afternoon, and evening. And then 
as we go through Saturday, we're looking at a sunny setup as well. Bigger weather system lifting up from the south and southwest overnight Saturday night through Sunday. I believe it brings us rain a quarter to one inch is what I'm looking at across the state. 80% coverage behind that system. We turn colder for Monday and Tuesday, probably looking at a mix of clouds and sun both days, but maybe some snow overnight Monday night into Tuesday morning over the northern third of the state few hundreds to a tenth or two of liquid equivalent, so coating to an inch possible out of that. Nothing central and south. By the time we get to next Wednesday, we're looking at warm air returning, but it's returning ahead of a strong cold frontal complex. So Wednesday, I think, is wet. 90% coverage, rains anywhere from a quarter to three quarters of an inch. Behind that front, we turn significantly colder again. Mother Nature reminding us that it is approaching winter after all. So we are chilly for the first, second, and third. And we actually have a reinforcing shot of cold air that looks to be pooling in the Canadian prairies and northern plains on the second into the third. So I think that we could be looking at a next leg down in temperatures for that following first full week of December. That's a look at your forecast update. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Harvest means early mornings, late nights, and long days in the field. While you're out there each day until the last pass is made and the job is done, know that your friends at Farm Credit Mid-America see your hard work and appreciate all of your long hours. We know that harvest is a busy season for you, but when you need a lender that can rise with you, give us a call at 800-444-FARM. This fall, we rise together. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity lender. In search of market-moving news, none to be found. This is Who's Your Ag Today and the Tuesday Farm Market Review. The markets go down, numbers on the way. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, providing quality seed, free delivery, personalized service, and published prices. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. I'm Andy Eubank. The settlements from Tuesday on the way, but first market analysis, and I secured that from Arlen Suderman, StoneX, at the end of trade. Arlen, not a lot of news to move the markets, and a little bit of drift is happening on a Tuesday down in corn, beans, and wheat. Looked like it might be a flat day in corn and beans for a while. And then the selling intensified just a tad bit, but not much happening. Yeah, the path of least resistance right now seems to be lower. Not a lot of news, as you indicated. Um, we know that uh, we have a 120-day extension on the agreement that allows uh, corn and and wheat and other grain products to go out of Ukraine out of the three ports. So that's a bearish factor. Uh, we know that the weather is basically pretty good in Brazil right now. Maybe a dry bias, but they're getting enough rain that the crop is still in good condition. We talked to our Brazil office t this morning about that, and they say, you know, no widespread problems. Everything's still looking good. Uh, so there's just really nothing there right now with the harvest basically done to excite this market as we head into the holidays. One of the things that's kind of weighing on the soybean market is while we've had some good support in there and concerns about demand, that demand is coming under some risk right now. Uh, with Argentina talking about another what I call pesos for dollars program or pesos for soybeans program. They did this back in September. And that re resulted in a, a flood of soybeans being sold by the farmer and are looking at repeating that program in December. And what that basically means is they would offer farmers 200 or the rumors are even more than that pesos for every dollar for soybeans that they sell. 
when the official uh, rate is 166 or thereabouts right now. So it gives a real advantage to the farmer if he sells under that program. But the other thing it does is it dumps a lot of cheap soybeans on the Argentine market. And when it happened in September, China swept in about 3 million metric tons of the 12 million metric tons that farmers sold. And so our buyers in China are saying, we're waiting to see if Argentina does that again. And that would allow them to fill the rest of the gap between now and the Brazilian new crop supplies being available with Argentine supplies, or at least a large part of it. And so that's why the buying has really pulled back over the past week to 10 days. A rail strike and averting it. Uh, unknown for sure yet what's going to happen there. It's a major concern. Talk about the economic impact if the strike would happen, both in general terms and to the ag sector as well. Yeah, about 30% of our freight by weight goes by rail in this country. 70% of the ethanol produced goes by rail. So it's a significant factor in agriculture, whether you're talking about hauling ethanol away from plants or hauling grain across the country, particularly with the Mississippi being a problem. So the first day they can strike is December 9th. There are four of the 12 unions who have rejected the agreement. That may be just a negotiating tool. They're not that far apart, so it's very possible we'll get a settlement. But we'll probably see the railroads start to refuse certain products uh, maybe four to five days ahead of that date just so they don't get stuck with certain things on the rails when it happens. So the time is really running out here to get some type of settlement, get an agreement, and avoid a strike so we can keep things moving. And outside the ag sector, the overall economic impact, if this would come to pass, a strike? It'd be disastrous for our economy right now to see a rail strike, uh, particularly with the problems with inflation we already have. We already have a shortage of some, say, 60,000 truckers. And if you don't have the rail and you don't have enough truckers, that means our supply chains back up even further, raising costs even further right ahead of the Christmas holiday. Another thing to keep your eye on, I said the unions are and the railroads aren't that far apart, so we could get an agreement. Longshoremen on the West Coast are much further apart from their agreement. They're working right now without a contractor, maybe just extending the old contract. So a strike is possible there as well. That's not getting as much of attention. Um, and the timing, that is still a question of when that might happen, whether it be down the road or something. That's another item to keep in mind for the economy. Arlen Suderman at Stone X. Now, final numbers on Tuesday trade. Down two and three quarters. December corn, 656 and three quarters. And March down four and a quarter at 659 and a quarter. January soybeans lost seven cents down to 1429 and three quarters. The March contract 1436 and a half, losing five and a quarter, and off seven and three quarters on December wheat, 791 and a half. The meat markets mostly lower, 30 cents down. February live cattle, 156.42, and February lean hogs, 907 down seven cents don't forget it's the indiana farm equipment and technology expo a free show with free parking and free seminars lots of things to see on the trade show floor we hope you'll join us grand park westfield indiana december 13 14 and 15 i'm andy eubank who's your ag today timely relevant credible